0: It's so important for everyone out there to know that no matter where they're at, they can have these shifts and changes.
1: Change is possible.
0: Yeah, change is possible.
1: Welcome to the Serve Love Lift podcast. I'm Tiffany Garvin. Years ago on a quiet beach in Hawaii, I felt the weight of the pain and struggles we all face in this world and how much we need each other. Soon after, this movement was born to serve, love, and lift. I believe that we are meant to serve the world with our unique gifts, love ourselves and others, and lift each other up to live with joy. This podcast is here to help you heal your heart and your life And empower you on your path to becoming the best version of yourself. I invite you to listen carefully and jot down notes that come to mind whether they come from me or from your own heart. Then share this episode with three people who you feel could use it today. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get going. We are one month into the year. How are your resolutions going? Do you have any health goals, any weight goals, any career goals? What have you been thinking about? And what is looking promising? And which things are looking a little bit less so? Today we are welcoming back Sarah Jensen, best-selling author and doTERRA fanatic. And we are going to talk a little bit more about relationships, but this time... We're talking about our relationships with food because I know this is something that we often struggle with. We want to bring ideas and concepts and tools that will help you move through these challenges to help you feel more empowered and more clear and motivated to achieve the goals that you have for yourself. So, Sarah... I know that your relationship hasn't been the like great right with food. I mean, no. who hasn't? Right. <laughs> so why? Why is this such a hot topic for you? Okay.
0: Well, for many years, you know, as a teen, I could eat almost anything, as most teens can, or as a lot of teens can. Even though I wasn't ever really overweight or anything and I wasn't always my healthiest. I didn't make great choices with eating as a teenager. I still you know, was confident in eating what I wanted to eat. As I got older, though, things changed. And I started getting sick. And I started to get sick every time I ate. So I started to hate food. And I was later diagnosed with celiac and was shown that I was allergic to 38 foods that I ate all the time. I mean, Saloon. like chicken, green bell peppers, romaine lettuce. I was allergic to different condiments. I was allergic to, of course, I couldn't eat whole wheat anymore. I was allergic to corn. I was allergic, and it, I mean, just this huge, massive list. And I just cried. And I was like, there's nothing left. There is nothing left to eat. These are the foods I eat. And my sweet sister, Laura, she's like, send me your list. So I sent her my list, and she went through it. And she made me a list of foods I could eat. so awesome. And so I was like, okay, I'm not going to die of starvation. But these weren't my favorite foods. My favorite foods were on the list of do not touch. Right. And so I had to learn to adjust, and a lot of the joy... That I had in eating was just gone. Yeah. And so as I've been able to heal those ailments and things, thanks to doTERRA essential oils and life above the line. Yeah. I've realized, you know, it took me a while to realize that I hadn't changed my relationship with food. I didn't like it. Right. And so I remember talking with you one day. There were certain foods like mangoes which just whoa, make me <laughs> gag. Breakfast burritos. The thought of it just was horrific for me. And you asked me why I hadn't healed those things yet. And I thought because it had never dawned on me to. And so when we worked and healed those things, I started thinking I can change other things. I can start liking things that are healthy for me.
1: Yeah, I remember one of the first things you did was broccoli, right? Oh,
0: yams. (laughs) Yams? Yams. (laughs) I couldn't stand the taste of yams, but I read about what a superfood they were and how good they were. And I was like, well, if I can no longer gag at the thought of mangoes, can I start liking yams? And within days, I went from thinking they were disgusting to craving them and thinking it was one of the most delicious foods on (laughs) the earth. And I love yams. Yeah. And so I was like, hmm, we can actually change our relationship with food. Yeah. We don't have to be held captive by what we like. I'll give you another quick example. Huge hot tamale fan. <laughs> Love the candy hot tamales. Me
1: too.
0: I buy a box of hot tamales. That box of hot tamales is gone At longest, 30 minutes. I mean, I can make it through a whole movie eating hot tamales and popcorn, but the box of hot tamales is gone. I started with the new MetaPower system with doTERRA and healing my desire to eat candy. Nice. And now I have a hot box of hot tamales that has been sitting by my bed for over a month. Every once in a while, I think, oh, I want a hot tamale. And I eat one. Yeah. One hot tamale. I have never done anything like that (laughs) in my life. And so I was like, this is pretty fascinating. And if I can learn to do this, then other people can do this. Right. And so I thought, we've got to teach people how to change their relationship with food.
1: Yeah, because it's not impossible. No,
0: but it feels that way. Yeah. I remember thinking it was impossible To eat anything again. Right. Everything was impossible. And I'll tell you my switch when I went to your house one day and it was when you were first starting teaching me about the, this new healing work work, and you invited me to dinner. And you were eating, and I mean, my first thought was, yay, she's celiac and eats gluten-free. I can totally eat at her house. And there was regular wheat <laughs> buns. And you asked me if I would like to change and be able to eat that again. And I thought, she's like, I'm watching her eat a wheat bun. For me, that was that four-minute mile. You remember the story? Yes. Um I actually looked it up, Roger Bannister, and it was in May 6, 1954. The world had deemed it impossible for anyone to run a mile in under four minutes. Well, Roger did, and his (laughs) world record did not last for very long, because as soon as he broke that, other people were like, well, if he can do it, then I can do it. Now, can I run a four-minute moment? (laughs) No. But I can change my relationship with food. I can change the way I see food.
1: Yeah, there seems to be this perceived threshold on all of our lives in one thing or another, whether mm -hmm. it's food or athletics or health or joy or success. There's a limiting, what does Gay Hendricks in The Big Leap calls it? the upper limit, Mm -hmm. right? So we've got this perceived threshold that we can't move past for some reason or another, whether society just says, well, you just don't do that, or it hadn't been done, so we just believe that it's impossible. Mm -hmm. But then we have these amazing people that break these records, that cross over boundaries that were impossible before Mm -hmm. to show us well, maybe you should reevaluate what you perceive as impossible.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, also we, we have these limiting beliefs that we put on ourselves or that others put on us. The, the analogy of the flea. Yeah. Jumping up and hitting the lid, but you take the lid off and that flea will not jump any higher, even though it could have escaped. We do that to ourselves. And so that's one of the things that I love so much about this podcast and about your books is that you open up so many possibilities to the people like me that have zero desire to run a four-minute mile. (laughs) I know that if I decided I am running a four-minute mile, I could get myself in the kind of shape, I could get the trainers and things like that that I need to do that. That's not my desire. But I have other desires And I see, okay, there are some things that I'm like, yeah, lots of people do this. A lot of people have great bodies and eat well and are nutritious and have personal trainers and things like that. I don't. So how do I do it on my own? How do I do business on my own? How do I do these things where I can't afford to go out right now and hire a personal trainer to get me in shape? But because of your podcast and your books and using the release technique and the other techniques in Life Above the Line, I am actually able to live the life I am meant to live. Right. So it changes, it shifts things for us. And it's so important for everyone out there to know that no matter where they're at, they can have these shifts and changes
1: change is possible.
0: Yeah, change is possible. That's
1: kind of what life is about, is learning how to change, learning how to shift, learning how to improve, learning how to let go of the old because you want something new. You want a better, brighter, happier future, healthier future. What are you willing to let go of? What are you willing to beyond what you previously thought was impossible
0: right right and we all have those blocks and barriers in yeah. front of us but it really is that change is gonna happen Yeah. period that is life this world changes how we react to change is our choice yeah and if we choose to be stuck And say, no, this is scary. I don't want this change. That's when change comes and completely disrupts your life and makes it where you don't have an option anymore. So instead of waiting for these traumatic life-changing events to happen, let's invite change and say, okay, you know what? I want to change this one area. And right now, I want to change my relationship with food. I want to change the way I eat. I want to be healthy. And I'm going to start with food.
1: Yeah, let's do it. So let's Let's talk about it. So reviewing the top three ways to build a healthy relationship that we talked about in your previous episode on this podcast.
0: We've got unconditional love as the first one. Yeah.
1: Number two.
0: Proper expectations.
1: Right. Awesome. And then and third
0: is being willing to look at yourself and change.
1: It all comes back to that. Yeah, <laughs> right it all on. does. Every okay, time. so let's jump into this the, the unconditional love part. This can go into so many different directions. What are your first thoughts here?
0: When we look at ourselves, we have to be, we have to be honest and say, how much do I care for myself? I think everybody's heard your body is a temple and a temple is a place that you are reverent and treat well and respectful. But how respectful are we to ourselves? Are we taking care of ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually? Do we, when we look at ourselves, do you kind of shy away and maybe avoid the mirror because you don't like how you look? Do you not like? the person you are inside do you do you recognize those needs to change well we all are that we all have moments of I don't like who I'm seeing and stuff so a big key is how kind are we what's that inner dialogue it's like oh my gosh you were so gross I can't stand to look at you (laughs) and we hear that you just so you avoid the mirror Or, you are so stupid. I can't believe you did that. And that's our inner dialogue. Why would you do something like that? Why would you say that? That was so dumb. Oh, you should have said this and stuff. We're mean to ourselves.
1: And so with food, then we can treat ourselves kindly or poorly with food. Yeah. What does that look like?
0: So if you love yourself and are taking care of yourself, then you want to eat healthy nourishing foods when you're medicating yourself because you feel bad you eat whatever's there and you're you want the junk you want you know foods that are okay to eat on occasion it's okay to eat a couple of hot tamales on occasion (laughs) but not the whole box Mm -hmm. it's okay to go out and get some ice cream but you don't eat the whole carton so When we are medicating ourselves with food, that is an unhealthy way to handle it. But we do that. And so for me, unconditional love with food is where we are telling ourselves, I I want to be better. I want to be this person. I want to look at myself and be happy. So I'm going to love myself enough to feed myself something that's good
1: right because food is fuel and if we don't use it as fuel then that means that there's something else going on right which leads us into the second point
0: which is our expectations
1: yeah are we expecting food to bring us joy yeah are we expecting food to make us feel better happier comforted of
0: boredom Right, you know,
1: right. We were talking to some people the other day, and we got all kinds of interesting reasons why people eat. Eat.
0: It was, you know, habit. We had boredom, stress. A few people said because I'm hungry, which <laughs> was a good answer. Um, we got it's expected. We go out. We're at a party or a dinner or something, so it's socially. Even if you aren't hungry or already ate, it's like oh have a cookie, and it's like no I don't no it's we're at a party have a cookie, (laughs) and you're like well okay, and you give in to that because everybody else is eating them, so I might as well. And there's just so many different reasons to eat, and it's important to go through that list and then add to it, see why am I eating at specific times of the day, especially, am I eating as you said. For fuel, or just because I'm bored, or because I'm stressed out, or because I don't want to get up and do something I should be doing, and I've got a bag of popcorn beside me, right? And I'd or eat the popcorn. Right, I'm and, watching a
1: movie, and yeah. I'm just mindlessly eating the popcorn. Yeah or we're at Thanksgiving dinner and it just is this beautiful, gorgeous spread and it feels so good because it's your family around you and the food is happy because it's with your family and and you just keep eating. So sometimes it's just not even intentional at all. Yeah. But that's when we get into trouble. All of those reasons, which we all do, there's no judgment here. It is when we Eat food for something other than fuel we have a different expectation on the food we have this expectation that is putting a burden on food and eating that belongs elsewhere yeah it's unbalanced and it belongs actually in the third step yes where We're willing to change. We're willing to look at who we are, what we are, what we're doing and really analyze, is this where I want to be? And can I face this challenge? And what is it going to take to find happiness or lose weight or succeed in XYZ activity? It's bringing things back to where they belong. The expectations shift from an external expectation into that internal analysis and consideration of, all right, what do I really need? Yeah. Right. Do I need chocolate or do I need an apple? Yes. And we're definitely not saying chocolate is bad. Let's just be clear. Yes. (laughs) Chocolate is a wonderful thing that can bring joy. Just ask yourself, why are you eating this? Is it because, you know what? Because I'm choosing in this one moment to be judicious mm-hmm. and have a little treat because it does feel good. Mm-hmm. But not because I'm expecting it to change my life. Right. <laughs> I'm not self-medicating. Yes. I am saying, you know what? That sounds like a lovely thing right now. I'm going to go get a piece of chocolate. Yeah,
0: I have a friend and she says, I sit in front of my computer and she researches her family history. And she says, and I have bags of candy and snacks in my drawer. Oh, dear. And I just sit and snack on (gasps) junk the whole time. She goes, she'll spend hours doing this research. And she says, and she'll realize that she just went through a whole entire bag of those little chocolate miniatures.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Because it was there in the drawer. And I said, well, what if you were to clean out that drawer and go hide all that candy in a closet or something where it's not right there accessible and you bring with you a bag of just, you know, popcorn that's been air popped and maybe a little bowl of grapes and things like that. And then as you're working, if you're going to be mindlessly (laughs) snacking on something, let's start with something better and then work towards not needing the food yes but that companion right it's companionship yes you're lonely you're doing something by yourself and so yeah you just reach for that when i'm driving i have you Mm -hmm. know like i want something to nibble on for one thing especially if i'm by myself to help me stay alert right so i used to get cheetos And eat (laughs) Cheetos. Well, now I get grapes and berries. Nice. And so I can put them down. And then when I start feeling a little drowsy or something, or my mind's just gone calm and I'm like, oh, I need to up my (laughs) alertness here, I'll snack on a few grapes. Mm -hmm. And the burst of juices and things like that actually are, you know, make me alert. It's not the habit of eating to keep myself awake. Now it's like actually a burst of energy from the delicious taste of something that feeds my body.
1: Right. So I think it would be great to invite our listeners to kind of walk through a self-assessment. Perfect. So let's go through each step. Okay. First, unconditional love. So we're talking about relationships with food and self love unconditional self-love so maybe some questions could be how do you feel about yourself right how do you feel about the way you look how do you feel about your weight how do you feel about how your clothes fit how do you feel about uh, what kind of snacks you have in the cupboard also you could ask how can I set myself up for success what kinds of food snacks access to these things, can I make a plan around so that I can support my (laughs) self-love and and have those things more easily in the cupboard than treats, right? I know that there are cravings for sweets and for salty and for both, right? Sometimes I find myself going back and forth. (laughs) Right, right. So one way to express self-love with your relationship with food could be to kind of analyze where you are and see where you could improve
0: just
1: 5%, right? Just a tiny improvement.
0: One of the things that I've done in this last week is I went and got the little clear plastic containers to organize my refrigerator and my pantry. And I thought, okay, this year I am really focusing on my relationship with food. And in order to have a healthy relationship, I need to be able to see what I have. I cleaned out my refrigerator, which was very scary, (laughs) and washed everything down again and realized that I had a decent amount of healthy food there, but I never saw it. It would get shoved in the back and then it would go bad. Mm. And so I actually had a container of strawberries that I had bought when my kids were home for Christmas, that I thought the kids had eaten all. Oh dear. And I was just, my, my youngest son is like, oh, if i didn't known we still had strawberries and blackberries, I would have eaten them. I'm like, me too. But my refrigerator was such a mess that we couldn't find anything. Mm. And leftovers would just get shoved in there. So I made a section for leftovers. And we can't grow out of that section. I went and bought healthy yogurts and healthy snacks and got the little trays and put them all in. And now you can see everything. I've got organization for my condiments and for my pickles (laughs) and my cheeses have a drawer and I got the little labeler. We're not exceeding that drawer. This drawer is for cheese. Don't buy any extra cheese. If it's in there, eat it. Um, there's a drawer for fresh vegetables. There's a drawer for carrots, because we eat a lot of carrots, and they're all over the place in the refrigerator. So now there's the carrots have a drawer. I love it. So you're and setting
1: yourself up for, for success, success in your fridge. Yes,
0: and then I did the same thing for my pantry. Nice. And so when we do that, now I go in there, and I know what we have, and it's easy to make a healthy choice, because... I see the healthy choices. They're not shoved mm. in the back and hidden and the unhealthy stuff right up front. And not that I don't have some unhealthy things in my pantry, but they don't, they're not my go-to now. Because I see in these pretty little organizations. Yeah. Because, you know, our eyes do determine what we eat. If something doesn't look appetizing, that bright blue bag of chips... <laughs> looks appetizing. So if everything's a mess and all you see is the pretty blue, you're just going to grab the pretty blue. I like
1: that. That's a good awareness.
0: Let's make it pretty to where it's pleasing to the eye and the mind is like, Ooh, I like that. That looks good. Oh, look at all that red in that bin. So let's grab strawberries.
1: Yeah. I love that. So this is a fantastic way to, Show self love in your relationship with food is to not only buy things that are healthier so that that's what you have access to easily, but also prepare it and organize it and set up your cupboards and your fridge so that you're showing self love for yourself by making it right in front of everything and you can see it easily. I love it. Yeah. Okay, number two. Step two in a healthy relationship with food is the expectations. Right. So how can we set ourselves up for success with proper expectations for food?
0: Well, the first thing I did was I didn't throw away all the junk I had. I think so often when people get on these kicks of I am going to be happy, they go through their cupboards and refrigerator and throw away every unhealthy thing <laughs> they have in the house. And they go out and buy all this healthy food. And then they look at all the healthy food and they're like, I don't want any of this. You're why did, it, you <laughs> throw a, why did I throw the Oreos away? All I want now is an Oreo. And so you have them. But they're not front and center. So when you're eating the healthy things and you think, I want an Oreo, go get an Oreo. We have to expect that our bodies are not going to just automatically say, Woohoo, you're giving me real fuel instead of junk food. I'm so thankful. That's not how our bodies work. Right. Our bodies are like, what is this? (laughs) Why would you feed me this green leafy thing When I could have a cookie. So if we yourself. So if we're like okay, I know myself. I am still going to want junk on occasion, but I can love myself, and set myself up for success with the expectation that it may be a while, before I'm really to willing to let go, and let go of one thing at a time. Years ago. I could eat Snickers bars like they were going to style. <laughs> if I got a little bag of Snickers bars, they were gone. And so a friend of mine challenged me. She says, I'm going to challenge you for the next 30 days to not eat a single Snickers bar. And every time you want a Snickers bar, get grapes. And I was like, okay, I can do that. <sighs> and I, I, I knew it was going to be difficult, but I accepted the challenge. Within that month of not having them, I didn't want them. Yeah. And so, and now I love grapes. So, the expectation is knowing that everything's not changing all at once. You're not putting your body and your family into shock mode. Right. You're doing things to please your senses, you're doing things to, to, Take care of your body and your family, which your body and your family will appreciate. But your Mm. expectation is, I'm not changing everything at once. But you know what? Mm. I can make one little change. Yes, gradual. Because it's that one degree change difference that completely changes our course. So if your destination right now is poor health and obesity and not feeling and looking good because of what you're feeding yourself or a healthy lifestyle where you are energetic and you will love yourself just that little bit of change over time makes all the difference
1: great I love that all right step three is being willing to change being willing to look at yourself and make those changes I think the way we can set ourselves up for success here is again compassion yes is being aware of the difficulty being aware of where we are and where we want to go if you want to lose five pounds great write it down and get specific about it if you need to lose a hundred pounds okay that's going to be a different journey and so Mm -hmm. you really analyze okay what are the different things that I need to change how is my food how is my exercise What am I willing to change? Are you willing to shift out one treat for one healthy snack? Are you willing to actually look at how much sugar you're eating? Or how much processed foods you're eating? Are you willing to see where the lack is with healthy foods? Are you willing to look at it honestly first and then Are you willing to change? How badly do you want that new goal, that new destination?
0: But I think a key here is also, I think a lot of people really want and desire the change. And they're even willing to do things. But then they have all these subconscious things going on or even the conscious things going on because consciously our brains can, you know, really wreak havoc. You really don't want that. You really want this. Oh, why are you even trying? Do you remember the last time we did this? Do you remember what happened? We threw away all the food, spent $300, and it all went bad because we had to go out and buy fast food for a week. Our brain does that. So I think this is a really great place to bring in the release technique. Definitely. Because as we're going through, I want change these are the things I would like to implement. Write down all those doubts that surface, all the reasons why you're not going to succeed. Yeah. And then you can go through each one of them using the release technique and let them go. And you don't have to hold on to them. If y'all don't have the book Life Above the Line <laughs> by Tiffany Garvin yet, please go to tiffanycarbon.com and get yourself a copy because I'm telling you, this is a game changer and I use it throughout the day. Um, sorry, just had to throw that blurb in because <laughs> it is a game changer, people. I'm telling you.
1: Sarah's my biggest promoter in case you didn't notice already.
0: As we let go of the things that are keeping us from making changes because or being willing and being to, make willing the change, because yeah. a lot of times I feel like it's possible. Yes. How often do you hear it's willpower? No. That's no, not. it no. is not. It is learning what's holding you back and letting it go so that you can move forward. It's not a magic bean or a magic pill. It's putting in a little bit of time and effort to write down. You know what? I had twelve negative thoughts about food today. Yeah. I'm going to start carrying me a little notebook around or put it by my refrigerator. And every time I go and have these negative thoughts, I'm going to write them down so that I can go through the release process for every one of them, because I'm not going to be a captive yeah. any longer to my thoughts. And
1: you can have another 12 thoughts about how terrible you are that make yes. you go, want to go eat that exactly. Snickers bar. And so you heal those ones too, so that you don't lose that expectation for right. food. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes, because every time you have have a negative thought, write it down. And I yeah. know that you know people are like, no, 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 those are the things you want to put in a compartment in your brain. And and I've heard people say that they're really? like, oh, I just push it aside. I or I'm like, I just tell it to shut up and leave me alone. I'm like, or you can write it down and address it and it escorted out the door Mm
1: -hmm. instead of
0: letting it just follow you around and tell you and you just keep telling it to shut up it's like a two-year-old child mama 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 well ignoring the two-year-old child makes them louder (laughs) yeah (laughs) but if you stop and turn around and address the two-year-old and find out what they want the two-year-old will go play and leave you alone. These negative thoughts will not go away unless they are addressed.
1: Because then it makes it hard to change. Yeah. Because if it's still chasing you around, haunting you, keeping you down, keeping you negative, keeping you feeling powerless, keeping you from making positive change to honor yourself, to show that self-love... That's when you're trapped. That's when you don't improve. That's when nothing changes. Yeah. So we can heal that subconscious chatter that keeps us where we were, keeps us where the subconscious perceives you are safe Mm -hmm. because it's not changing. Right. So much of the time our subconscious believes that if we're doing anything other than the rote, anything other than the normal routine, then it's dangerous. Yeah. But the problem is, if we want our lives to be better, if we want a better relationship with food, or a better relationship with ourselves, or with anybody, we have to do some changing.
0: Right. I remember a few years ago, you and I were talking, and you said, Sarah, do you see all this power laying on the table in front of you? <laughs> Pick it up. That's what this is. Yeah, This is picking up power within yourself to make changes that you have known you've needed to make for a really long time, but you have felt powerless to do so. These techniques, these simple processes, these simple principles of unconditional love, of Understanding and having expectations that are minimum, the target and the outrageous, mm. you know, expectations. Because sometimes, minimum, target, and outrageous are really good. Sometimes, your outrageous expectations are what defeat you because you allow so much self talk that's negative. Yeah. And then actually being able to make the changes because you're healing all that. You're letting it go. That is literally picking up the power on the table in front of you and using it. And every one of us have that. We all have it. Right this moment, you can pick up the power on the table and use it.
1: Yeah, I love that. And thinking about the, you're talking about the goal setting framework of setting goals that are a minimum, a target, and an outrageous. Mm-hmm. That's so helpful in something like this, especially with New Year's resolutions or goals to lose weight or goals to be healthier, where it's it's showing that self compassion yeah. as well, and it's more encouraging. It feels more possible, and it, there's a permission built into that framework that allows us to to set a smaller goal with the openness to achieve greater things. So an example of this could be something like, the minimum goal I have around my relationship with food is to eat one less piece of candy tomorrow. Perfect. Right? The target goal around my relationship with food could be something like, I'm going to eat one less piece of candy and eat one more serving of vegetables or fruits, right. something healthier. And then your outrageous could be you know what? I don't want to have any sugar tomorrow, and I'm going to eat something healthier, and I'm going to be happy around people instead of grumpy because I'm depriving myself. Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> Or we talked about the needing to lose five pounds or the needing to lose a hundred. Mm. I'm going to set my minimum goal at losing the five pounds. Yes, yes. And then my target goal is I'm going to lose 20 pounds. Your outrageous goal is I'm going to lose that hundred pounds. Knowing that, oh my gosh, I and celebrate. Yes. I lost five pounds. Now we're not celebrating Mm -hmm. with food.
1: Yeah.
0: Celebration. I think so many times we get in our heads that celebration means that we've got to go out and eat, and Mm -hmm. we've got to go out and party, and we've got to do this. A celebration can be something as simple as, Woohoo! I did it. (laughs) I'm so happy. And you call three friends, and they're like, "I lost my pounds," and celebrate that. Let them be happy with you. I did not eat a piece of candy today. You did not eat a piece of candy. Not one piece of candy. All day long, I didn't need candy. And they're like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? That's amazing. For some of us, that would be huge news.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have a friend like that, we will be that friend for you. Send us a message and we will celebrate with you when you lose yes. that five pounds or you don't eat that one piece of candy or you're sad and you call a friend instead of eat a candy bar. Please celebrate with someone who honors you who honors that space who gives you that validation and that love for doing something that's meaningful to you
0: yes because everybody deserves that yeah
1: all right this has been awesome so what are your final thoughts as we invite people to consider this new change this new approach to a healthier relationship with food
0: you can do it it doesn't matter where you are right now i mean i don't care if you weigh 600 pounds i don't care if you weigh 84 pounds and are trying to gain weight you can change your relationship with food by changing your self-talk by loving yourself and allowing for failures and for mistakes and being kind, you can set expectations that are completely reasonable, remembering that I'm not changing everything today. Rome was not built in a day, right. we're going to do it slowly and gradually. But as you build momentum, you can watch the avalanche start happening and the things changing, and how it starts changing in other areas of your life, and so forth. And to release the negative stuff that's been holding you back all these years. We have that power. You have that power to do it. And I totally believe in you. I know you can do this. I have no doubt that if you'll follow these simple steps, you can change and be who you want to be.
1: Thank you for being with me. Remember to share this episode with three people who you feel could use it today. Don't want to wait for next week for new insights and wisdom? Go to www.tiffanygarvin.com slash emotional healing for a free guide to help you begin healing the emotional wounds that are holding you back. Again, the link is tiffanygarvin.com slash emotional healing. It will be in the show notes as well. I believe in you. See you next week.